can use this as an outtake. Hey, everybody. You're listening to... In Hindsight. In Hindsight. You're listening to the In Hindsight podcast. Let's go. Thank you so much for being here. I am happy to be here. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, you know... One of the things that brought me to you was your ski fit class over there. You are the fitness director at Ridge Athletics, correct? Correct. Awesome. How long have you been doing that? Um, fitness? fitness, 35 direct- years, but oh. fitness director at the Ridge, two years. Two years. And you moved here from Texas or Arizona? Arizona. Well, a combination of Arizona and the Bay Area. So hmm. at homes in both and... No longer in the Bay Area, but but just in Bozeman, so it's nice. And did this job bring you up here? No, I actually came up for other reasons, but the job found me, so it was great. And they're they're all such a nice group of people. How could you not be sunk in there? Yeah. It's fabulous. I love that gym. I think it's been one of my favorite you know purchases of my you know life coming up here and finding a place where I can go and. You get two locations, you get the steam room, saunas, pools, everything like that. So, And it is a trainer's heaven, right? You can find anything. It, all the equipment, whether it's Kaiser equipment or um, functional equipment and yoga classes and all different types of yoga and Zumba. and So it was big enough to keep me busy. You said that the other day when we were getting when we were wrapping up class. You're like, I yeah. love this place. And then there was like, you were kind of half your meaning was like, you don't run your own anymore. Like, so <laughs> it was like nice to not have that responsibility to that right. degree. But like the other half, like, what makes it such a good gym that like you know you found that you're like, I want to be here, and this is a good spot for people. The the gym itself has its own energy. You walk in, and it's. Did you ever expect Bozeman, Montana, to have a facility? 100,000 square feet that has everything for all the different levels of fitness. So you think of the age groups that we have. We have aging. We have um, your typical um, 40 to 50-year-olds. We have your young and inspiring. And then we have preschool and fun classes for high school students. And, And any age that you want, we're doing it. And it's a blast. And every every second is busy. And, I mean, getting to be fitness director, you know, when uh-huh. I was first talking to you, I just thought you were just person teaching ski fit. And then I'm right. like, oh, whoa, fitness director. Before this, were you doing something similar to that down in Arizona? So I've owned gyms since I was 27 and all different types of gyms. So I... um had mine were smaller 15,000 square feet and um and I've owned women only facilities um inclusive with the day spa and then went more large over encompassing like um like the ridge that just offers something for all the family and then um smaller more focused boutique facilities offering fun group fitness classes and personal training so I've owned gyms for a long time. It's been my only two years in Bozeman not owning a facility. So that's that's the fun part. See, LinkedIn or something lied to me because I thought it said that you were here since 2015. No. Oh, well, I don't know. you got to catch that then. 2015. I don't know. That's what it said. I better look it up. This right here is 
Jasmine Mint, I believe. Nice, thank you. Yeah, I know you said you're a tea person. I've got this awesome tea kettle that I got from Morocco, and I wanted to like break it out. Mint, mint leaf jasmine. So nice. It's got some caffeine. I don't know. Is that like perfect? All right, all right. Perfect, perfect. Very do, nice. You said you didn't do coffee, so I was like, all right. And then I got this tea that's got caffeine in it, and I was like, oops. Well, hopefully that works. That's just fine. Good. Um, yeah. So every, you know, they all have their place, right? The big gyms, the small gyms. Um, was there a reason to primarily own a, you know, solely a women's owned or women? Right. So, um, when I was learning how to run fitness facilities, I, um, worked for a gentleman named Bob Simper and he probably, that's so funny. I wasn't even thinking about that until somebody else asked me that question today. And where did you learn the most from business? How, why is attrition so important to you? Why is it expanding and, and resonating with all of the, not just your members, but all of the members and any, any fitness person? So a gentleman by the name of Bob Simper taught me a lot about women-run businesses, and his were women-owned. But he, he taught me about sales and strategic managing and um, really making sure that not just your staff feels important, not just your members feel important, but overarching that they all know that you care. So I loved the women only. And in the the city, I opened the facility and there wasn't any women only gyms. You know, there was the big box facilities. And so it was a perfect time to open it. And we had chiropractor and day spa and all those things in there, so it was really good. Yeah, and that and that and the aspect of like caring, uh-huh. like you said, is very important, right? Uh-huh. But too many people, I think, try and try and force feed that that aspect of care, but uh-huh. then they themselves, I think, kind of force it a little bit. And for you being part of your class, even though we call you the queen of pain. (laughs) Behind my back, you call me the queen of pain. to your face, to your face. Um, You know, even with all that, like you do care about our our health, our well-being, and just like what we're doing there because any of us can stop you at any time, ask you questions, and you want to give that to us. And, you know, I'm curious as to like, it seems like that's been a leading, a leading driving, a a driving force for you Mm -hmm. and how you approach a lot of the aspects of your life, not knowing what those all are per se, but like, where does that really stem from this idea of like leading with care and like compassion and empathy, sympathy? So I'm a science-based, science-educated individual. So I um, have a tendency to want the data. So as you know, um, we do certain types of workouts and progress. You guys, let's just take ski shape. And, um, and, so I love the data. I love to watch the progression and how it works. It's very comforting to me to know that there's no bias in science. There's no opinion in science. It's solid and it works and exercise works every time. And um, success always leaves clues. But um, growing up as a, a child athlete, I had a phenomenal coach and and he would ask who are you and what do you want? Mm. And that's kind of frightening when you're nine years old. Who who am I and what do I want? I want to be the best gymnast. But then he'd say, well, why? 
Why is that? And dig deep, deep, deep so that those habits and having somebody listen to you as you're growing up, now I'm 12, and he's saying, why are you practicing every day? And why do you come here? What, tell me why it's important to rest and to eat right and to have this person in my life, not just guide me physically because he's building champions, but he's, he really cared. And when you're in that environment, then it creates a certain foundation. And so I was thinking about it, so writing it down, but establishing confidence and building trust um, became a huge part of the framework. And those are the things that, that he brought into my life, really for so you hear me talk about the pillars of overcoming um, COVID and the six pillars. Well, Mr. Sweeney brought four things into my life, and um, it's important to share content. So when you guys all come into class, um, we have a driving, con a driving force to get you strong, stronger, so that you can perform well and, and truly enjoy ski skiing, right? And then declaring and deciding on something for the future where is it that you want to go you don't just come down to the gym to play around and have friends and hop from machine to machine there there are lots of people that do that however are you following the science that goes behind that and then the following thing is committing to action you make a commitment to come to a class right I made a commitment to go to work out for six hours a day. And there was a driving force behind all of that. Mm. So that same framework, I've just carried it on through my life. So that's how you guys get treated because Mr. Tr Sweeney treated me wonderful and he cared. So does that answer it? That answered it wonderfully. And I'm, I'm assuming Mr. Sweeney had a smile on his face as he was making the face. <laughs> you know what? He never <laughs> smiled. Yeah. He he had a big mustache and was just the kindest man. And every moment was a coaching moment. Looking into my own life too, it's what is what is the like you were saying? What's the driving force? What is this like for me? I'm framing it as what is my purpose for doing this particular thing? Right. You know, coming to ski fit is a, as a one to one. Right? right. Why do I want to come to ski fit? Uh -huh. I want to be strong to ski. Right. You know, why do I want to go to the gym every other time? Well, before there was no answer, so my drive for it kind of faded uh -huh. until I started applying skiing, mountain biking. You know, being outside my work, my career. And then, you know, volleyball. And these things all culminated to them being like, if I go to the gym and I always think of these, I will at least put in the effort to be there and do the work needed to then be successful at them. Right. Um, that being said, you know, we're fresh into 2022. Right. We see a lot of people start that year off with their newfound goals of, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle. I'm going to work out. Uh -huh. I'm curious because it's not it's not a mystery anymore, but like what is your perception of why people start to fade off in those upcom in those couple of weeks? Is it because they don't have a purpose for it and they just say they have to because it's a new year and they need to do something like that? Or what is that? So I think about that often because my what drives me, what resonates with me is that you're successful. And so 
what attracts people to um, a program or a person or what repels them. And so there's a lot of brain science, a lot of new brain science in that. And um, so we understand um, the large part, the working horse in the brain is your limbic system, right? So if you can figure out how, what, what makes you tick, what makes you work, and do so much listening, then, then we can figure out it's, if we don't reach them, and that we're not listening clearly, we're just guiding and only giving the science, then we lose them. Does that, mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So um, coming up through, and um, I, I can't state enough how much I love the science, and I love biochemistry, and I, and I can get lost in research. There's papers all over my office, and... And then I have to remember that it's the human. How do I how do I talk about methylhydroxyl polyphenol polymers when they don't care? So make certain that that it's fun. What works? The music's great. The movements are right, and you succeed. And trying to turn that around—that's the game that I'm playing now. How do I get to every single person? Hmm. So. How do we get to you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that isn't that not the daunting task is that every one person is their own individual and unique self. Right. And so when you speak to the masses, you can grab a couple, but then how does everyone else kind of get on board? Because not everyone is triggered by the same thing coming their way. So, you know, interested from your perspective, how have you been go- trying to go about that? you know, currently as you've moved up here to Bozeman in this new place of two years, you know, what's been your approach to trying to reach people to bring them in instead of just maybe how you've seen people do it in the past? So my son passed away um, seven years ago. Hmm. And um, and he was exactly the opposite of me. So I love everything in order and and he was playful and fun, and he'd walk in a room, and everybody would just. Yet he was quiet and messy, and and so since that, you know, you go through a downward spiral, and you think, what can you do in the honor of him? How can you reach the people that um, were really wallflowers? He was a phenomenal athlete, and. And he had so much to offer. And how do I live my life honoring him? So I spend so much time trying to figure everyone out and resonating. And the the limbic brain system it it lives in stories. It lives in you know they say um, an image is a thousand, worth a thousand words words and that is so important that's why I take so many pictures of you guys so that I I look at the smiles but I also catch the form and I so and then sending that out in social media and so that people are understanding that it's an embracing part and never forgetting how important it is that you're coming and spending an hour of your vitally important day with me so I want you to know that 
we've gone through and studied and researched and and have taken pictures so that we can put the exercise in there. There's a reason that they're in that order, and sometimes you're doing propulsion movements, but then that part bores you, right? So it's the fun part that the music's on, we're ready to go, and here we are. Does that kind of answer your question? No, it does. It does. It's it's interesting because it is very much – but it takes those people like you um, who – sitting down here with me talking about your background why it is that you love what you do and being that person that we're fortunate enough to cross paths with at this gym that we chose you know and then there might be a lot of other people who are getting maybe a similar workout but not getting that same person right. to want to then figure out why it is that we benefit from this and why it is that you look at the way you do versus they and so I'm very thankful that you well, exist and yes. that you exist up here for us. Um, you know, maybe stepping back just real quick, what came first, uh, the chicken or the egg, science or the health um, aspect of your career? Um, you went to ASU, correct? Yes. Nice. Yes. ASU was my undergrad mm. and then continued on to um, biochemistry. I love to learn, so I'm a forever learner. Mm. And... And I took a short period of time off um, after DJ passed and and just did biochemistry. Um, oh, I'm fine, thank you. And I found that as much as I loved it, I hated it. I didn't, I the lab is cold and quiet and it's, however, it's organized and sterile, which I also like and, but um, the, the liquid uh, holograph that we created for wound healing was just that. It's a Band-Aid. So you can use mesenchymal stem cells to um, heal the ulcers of a, of a diabetic. But that you can also cure diabetes with what you do and what you don't do. You can have them... If they're eating correctly and they're exercising correctly and they're doing that every day, you don't need mesenchymal stem cells. So I went back to what I love the most, and and that's the exercise. So exercise truly, truly will make a difference, and and that's important to me to stand on my soapbox and say, who are you and what do you want? Because I guarantee you no one's going to stand on their soapbox and say, my name is Mary Member and I want to have diabetes, right? Yeah, I would hope that stands <laughs> right, on that soapbox. Right. <laughs> and or cardiorespiratory problems or osteoporosis um, or depression, you know, exercise I, I know that people say that there isn't a magic bullet, but exercise is going to be as close as we get. You, you've made great friends. And, and within each of that, that, we can take that class of 12 people, and I can tell you every one of them what they do for a living and how long they've worked and how many children they have. And all of those things are important because they're important. And how, how am I going to intertwine exercising and eating right and getting enough rest? And if they're overly stressed, how can I help that? Mm-hmm. And then how do you expand that out further and further and further? 
how do we get the world healthy? And that's my next mission. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> you know, what, what was that saying in school? Uh, think globally, act locally. Mm-hmm. You know? So moving forward into the global you know, mindset, that's where you'd like to get to for all this. And it seems like you're doing uh, a lot because, you know, one of the things I want to transition into was from the outside perspective on, you know, Elon Musk's or the whoever you want to put in that place, you know, the Tammy Jacobs, Uh you do so many things and you have your hands in so many pots, you know, how, how, it seems perplexing to someone on the outside looking in because you're like, how does someone time manage this? And how do you yourself keep going? Because you've done a lot already and you want to keep continuing to do, like you said, you want to be a, you know, a forever learner. Um, you know, what does that time management look like for you right now as, as you still move forward into this aspiration of trying to get the world into this, in this light that you've been envisioning for a while? So I, I surround myself with people that are much smarter than me and have already stepped through all the puddles and they guide me. I'm a, a good learner and I'm a good listener. And I, I'm excited constantly about the direction that they point me in. And um, one of my favorite people on the planet is Joe Tenno. And I, I don't know if you know who he is. He, um, he was the CEO of, uh, of Athleta. That's right. I think you mentioned and, that. Um, and he sends me these lists of books, and then we talk about these books. And the latest, um, well, right now I'm reading three of them, but um, <laughs> was talking about your practice, how you do anything. And if you're moving towards something that you love, and it doesn't have to be like I am ultra-focused on perfecting exercise so you can do exercise anywhere you go and that eating right and eating healthy how do you connect with those people that really don't understand that mcdonald's isn't something that you should be putting in your body you're not a jalopy you are a maserati and how do you change that mindset too right so it's the practice how you do everything and and you continue to work for progress. So as I'm creating workouts or designing meal plans um, or figuring out now how to communicate to other people, and it's just my thought process and listening to the things that you guys say. And so it's constantly improving and making certain that I don't overwhelm myself with I have to have these 20 things done because that would be my general personality, right? You spend time with me, you know, blah. But calming down and just looking where this particular program has gone. Now, is it visually pleasing? Is it simplistic to understand? Because even I'm not telling people to exercise 20 hours a week. It makes a substantial difference if you'll exercise 30 minutes a day. All I want is 30 minutes a day. And then I want time for each person to reflect on what they're doing. So that practice is where I'm going now. So all of the programs that I've designed over the years, I'm fine-tuning them. And and that's that time management and and hitting goals realistic goals and 
continuing with them, not giving up. Sometimes I put things over on the side of the room because I'm just frustrated with it, but knowing I have to come full circle back to it. Hmm. So <clears throat> it reminds me of um, this quote that at this point is just a hand me down quote. Um, I don't know who the original person was, but it goes like surround yourself with five blank and you're likely to be the sixth right uh-huh. surround yourself with five millionaires you're likely to be the sixth uh-huh. or whatever it is and right. you know for people you know you surrounded you were saying you surround yourself with these people willing to step through the puddles and kind of lead this and then you take and put your twist on it learn from it right. and then build build accordingly right. and i think that that's super important because the other half that i'm smorgasbording with this whole point is that it's kind of a catch-22 when you were talking earlier about people being having depression and trying to get to the gym because you know that that's something that can, you know, lift, right. lift up out of that. But then the catch-22 part is what if they're too depressed to even get to the gym, you know, and getting themselves even to that front door, you know, like sometimes right. what's that push that mentally is a good hurdle or, yeah, you know, what, what is that push that mentally you can get to to even step through the doors of the gym? So even for somebody who is feeling good about themselves, stepping into the lion's den, and I try to never, ever forget that. I force myself to do something new all the time because I'm very, I'm a really shy person. Get me out of the gym industry. I'm great at public speaking, but one-on-one is difficult if we're not talking about fitness. Mm -hmm. And so I completely get that. And that's where I am now. How do I reach those people? What do they read? Do they read? Do they watch TV? Do they sit in their dark room? And how am I going to get to them? Because when you're depressed or when you're, it sends out more hormones or more messengers to your body to stay in a dark place, to sleep more, and then you're sad and now your body aches and how do we get to them? And that's exactly where I am. So, and how do I get to the people that just don't like to exercise? It doesn't have to be torturous. And watch, it'll be coming out in the next year. I'm excited for it. Uh, You said something there that really struck me um, and hit me in, in a personal way, which was this, feeling of being shy the one-on-one because Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time like I feel like an introvert and they halt me in my trekking so you're not an introvert because I do talk to everybody I'm fascinated a forever learner I hope to always be someone who like oh what's that why is that person not talking in the corner of this giant like thing that's going on I want to know what their story is that being said some of as I've gotten older, I've realized that you know my tool for me has been the camera, right? <laughs> so I've started bringing that with me to new events, or I should say, like hangouts with people I'm unfamiliar with. And it's by bringing that tool, just like you bring the fitness element when you're in the gym. That's like you're, you know, a place where you feel safe. When I bring that camera with me to a new place, a new friends, and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It allows me to open up more because I've got that thing that I feel so comfortable with that can break me into a place that maybe it's uncomfortable. And just like the gym for anyone who might be uncomfortable trying to get in there, it's like, how can you, like like you said, what's these little steps that we can work on for people in any faction of their life that allows them to bring what they're comfortable with into a place of uncomfortability? 
I don't know. And it's not really yeah. a question. That was just more of a statement. Yeah. I was just right. like kind of realizing as we were talking about it. I just think it was interesting to, to hear that because, yeah, I wouldn't take you for a shy person. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. I, and I sometimes it slips out and people are like, you're not shy. Yeah. Like, yes, You get I hit am. back with, uh, no, that's not it. <laughs> I'm the youngest of six kids and mm. I youngest of six, six huh? and I was just a great spot to be because they were all so entertaining and loud and funny and I was quite content just watching them hmm. interesting youngest of six I'm the youngest of three mm-hmm. and you know my brother's the funny one he's the second oldest but I got the athletic genes oh, so, so I'll take that one yeah <laughs> um yeah so you know when I kind of wanted to touch back on that split from the science world, not that you've really ever left it because you've brought it with you again to this health aspect and have been able to marry them pretty nicely. When you decided that it was time for you to kind of leave that, that part of your life and start this other one, was there a long time that that took to happen or did it hit you one day? Like walk me through what that mindset was leaving and going into this other thing. So along with who are you and what do you want? I can still learn and read and be surrounded by extremely intelligent people and have fun and and have ever-changing music and movement. And I don't know if you've ever been into a lab where you're working with stem cells and creating a liquid holograph and getting that through the FDA. and All the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's really solitary, and um, and it, I was so excited in the beginning, and I thought, I'm never going back to the fitness industry, and I just wanted to clean my brain of that, and it was really stemming from losing my son. So I did that for two years, and I thought, son, I love you, but I hate this. So, And he, he was an athlete, and he, he loved, loved working out, and he made – his workout so fun and so that's really how I want to honor him is how to and my daughter we she's a major type a personality like I am and just high strung and we often look at each other and say what would DJ do he'd laugh and make a joke and calm things down and take a walk and so all of that transition goes back to who am I and what do I want I I love exercise I love eating right I love getting enough sleep and I love standing on my soapbox and saying let me help you and so that's how I made the turnaround and it's I only look back it's still intertwined in my world but it's not where I have to go every day. And that gave me another sense of there are people who go into work and don't like it. There are people who go into work and and then go home. When I go home, there's times I wake up in the middle of the night thinking, how's Kurt doing? How are his kids? How is his wife? And, and Linda, who everyone calls her macaroni, cheese, and bacon, how can I get her to not eat that? What are things? And we're making a breakthrough, right? Her A1Cs are dropping, and and that's what makes a difference. How do I get them 
to feel important to themselves. And I think so many people, so many women, so many men, um, put everyone else around them, their children, their house, not the house, their body that they live in, but the house that they live in, a higher priority than their body. And it's amazing to me how men will know the plumbing of their house, but not understand the plumbing of their body. And how do I fix that? So I love this industry far more. Hmm. Like you said, you'd wake up in the middle of the night wondering how Kurt is and stuff. I mean, he's going to be in a hot tub as you do that. <laughs> so don't worry about <laughs> Don't worry about him. He, he's, he's doing all right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated when you talk about this this direction that you were kind of brought brought with you know whether it was something that happened to you or it was you know your son passing away it's like it was brought to you in this way and it made you look at your life and go this is not where i'm supposed to be and this is what i'm supposed to be and not a lot of people get that wake up call in their own life you know i got it to some degree and mm-hmm. started realizing that this path might be hard but i know it's the one that is making me feel this way right. and like you said too often too many people don't you know look at that and and listen to that little you know guiding self that guiding beacon within them and i think that it's important because i don't know for me it's it's transformed how i live life and how i look at the world and there's still a lot of manicuring to do. I'm curious as to like, as you still keep going through this, you're, you're like you said, forever learning. What is it? What did it look like then when you started to transition into feeling like, okay, I'm actually making this thing happen within me. And then realizing like, I've got a lot of work to do to then still accomplish all of these things, but I'm loving what I do for a living. I guess the question really is like, when you look at your life and you look at yourself here in Montana, not in Arizona right. anymore, waking up every day, do you just feel thankful that this is what has come to you and you know, you don't regret not taking another journey that right. could have happened back when you were younger or anything like that? So <laughs> this is funny. So my father was very, very involved in my life and he was a workout fiend and used to take me to the gym and make sure that I had the best coaches and, um, completely supported right and um then it comes time for college and um he has he sends somebody to do my schedule for me and um buy my books and I have my I still remember my lavender I don't know why he bought me a lavender backpack but I had a lavender backpack and the color lavender yeah (laughs) (laughs) And, and I'm going to school and I love every second. And then I decided I don't want to be a dentist. And so he'd say, who are you and what do you want? And I said, I want to be an aerobic instructor. And I swear it was, I could still see it. He's trying to keep a straight face. And you want to be an aerobic instructor. Yes, I look at, I have hundreds of people in my classes we love it, and he's saying, Tammy, eventually you're going to get older, and you're not going to be able to do six classes a day. So then that's when the business side comes in, but that's still the environment that I love, and it, it needs to be warm and welcoming. So the second you walk in the gym, you're embraced, and... Um, so that was step number one. And then continuing on, 
He's making sure that I'm learning the business side of it. Um, how how do aerobic instructors make money? And and he's laughing, but he's he had a really gregarious personality anyway. And so he said, when I wasn't getting the answer, giving him the answer he wanted, he'd say, you know, you're going to have to be the gym owner. So you're going to have to get a lot of experience with other people and listen and learn and do your job and the person sitting next to you. And, and I love every second of it. When I'm, when I came to the Ridge, although they did things drastically different than I did, um, I'm still learning, learning different style. But when you're fine tuning or sharpening your saw, fine tuning your practice, you are what you do every day, right? So my practice and what I love to do and who I am is to get you healthy and the person sitting next to you. And then that will resonate. And that's how we create Mr. Sweeney's four steps. How do we come together? And how do we resonate with each individual? And it doesn't have to be me necessarily that resonates with the person you bring in. That person's resonating with you. And take, go all the way back to our 12 people that are doing our snow shape. How, who brought you in and who are you resonating with? I remember your first class and you came in and were dynamic and friendly with everyone and helped set up all the equipment. And I made sure that you were next to Kurt because he needed that push. And I didn't necessarily have to push him. He wanted to jump as high as you. And he wanted to do those same things that you were doing. He needed that extra edge. So using all those fun tools that you get, and then you get a happy, healthy group. Now, how do I get that to millions of people? And it will be to people in, in California on beaches and to Bozeman in the mountains and... To Arizona and the golf courses. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And I love teaching golf fit, right? I absolutely love golf. Would you like some more? Um, just about, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you've alluded to it Thank twice, you. and I don't know. Are you allowed to speak on what this future might look like for what you're trying to do? Or um, does that still need to stay under wraps? I haven't got that far yet so I have all of these different programs put together and I have all of the workouts put together and with um, in the state of Montana unless you are a registered dietitian you cannot set up meal plans which is the only state that does that doesn't matter whether you have a PhD in biochemistry Mm -mm. but all the other states you can set up the meal plan that would go with um, each different activity. So say osteoporosis, we know how they should be eating and gentle guidelines for that. So each of those separate programs, I'm fine tuning and then we'll put them all out. And at that point, I'll go to somebody who understands global activities. So mm. I'm really excited because there's so many different needs. And and the easiest 
to nullify is really diabetes. 85% of not type 1, but type 2 diabetes can be nullified by what you do get off the couch. And then it's that emotional side too. You know, people, without going into great detail, you know, people eating, it's a very, very personal thing. Nobody holds your mouth open and shoves food in, or very rarely does it happen, right? But you remember your grandmother's wonderful cookies or foods that you ate because you're celebrating or different people eat when they're depressed and there's closet eaters and then there's restrictive eaters and intrinsic eaters and and how do you get back to eating healthy and only eating when you're hungry food has one job and that's to fuel you to do what you do and what do you love to do and how should you be eating Hmm. so that will go along with the program. So if you have osteoporosis, these are the general guidelines. If you have osteopenia, these are the general guidelines. If you are skiing and you are an avid skier, how should you eat so that your body feels fueled? And that goes right along with people don't want to hear all the science that goes with that. They just want to know, should I eat this or should I eat this? Mm. Right? It's almost like, to use what you just said, it's almost spoon-feeding them That's what the I information. Want. Huh? So if you know, then then you'll there's a l- much larger chance that you'll follow it. And I know that there's skiers that want to carry the little jug of alcohol down there, but we could work through that, right? Yeah. So I do want to spoon-feed them, but I want them to be engaged and to know that the correct science is behind it Hmm. and then we only have to deal with one decision so we've Hmm. taken five thousand confusing issues fine-tuned it and now i just have to get them up off of the couch and get them eating right right yeah is does that fill you with encouragement or discouragement that you have to go to such great lengths regardless if if you love it or not that we have to do this to people in society that we need to spoon feed them eat this at this time and you will feel better if you continually do it versus here's the science as to why and they just disregard it is that like discouraging or like or have we just do we have to just kind of wave the white flag on on society and be like people just don't want to learn like they used to or they just don't want to learn these things and they want to have the answers rather than taking the time like yourself to learn them and understand why it is beneficial um, no, because I, I hate to do accounting and that's why I surround myself. I have a phenomenal accountant, a phenomenal CPA who I just want to throw the money over my shoulder and say, okay, tell me where I am. And I appreciate those, those different types of minds and, and that's what makes the world go round and to get people, I mean, we all have the ability to um, to control our caloric intake. What happens when you feed a baby and they're not hungry? Spit it back out. Spit it back out, right? How did we lose that? And so going through and studying that with people in their lives and overeating, I, I can understand overeating at certain occasions. I mean, Christmas or Super Bowl Sunday, you know, they eat just a little bit too much. But when it 
becomes a constant, then how do you reel them back in and say, you're in absolute control. And if you like chocolate, you should be able to enjoy a little bit of chocolate. But as society has gone on, people don't just sit and enjoy what they're eating. And and this is something that I go through every day, right? They say they're foodies and they love food. And I ask a question like, so when you had dinner last night, tell me about it. And of course, they all tell me about their dinners. And were you sitting quietly on a beautiful plate, surrounded by a clean counter and perhaps soft music in the background so you could truly enjoy the food you were eating? Nine times out of ten, oh no, they're eating and watching TV and doing all of these things that and not listening to their body tell them you're full or you're eating too much. I don't need this much food. And how many times have you heard people say, I'm just not eating enough, but they're carrying an extra 100 pounds around? No. So, no, that, that's the exciting part for me, that pulling them back in and saying, you're important. Hmm. You are important, and you need to treat yourself like you're important. And sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it happens overnight. I have... Two members that started the same day. And this this is just a small example. And um, one is a gregarious, outgoing, salesperson kind of guy. And the other is soft-spoken, super tall. And in three months, my quiet that follows every every bit of guidelines for the most part. I mean, he fell off and ate some bread. But in three months, he's lost 72 pounds and increased his lean muscle mass by 10 pounds. My wild banshee has lost 25 pounds and gained, I think, four pounds of lean muscle mass. And I don't care. I will stay there and guide them until they figure out you are a Maserati. And don't, you wouldn't put sugar water in a Maserati, would you? Would you get better gas mileage? In sugar water? No. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. That's that's a great, I mean, it's it's got to be just one of many stories right out there and just one of many, like, potentials that does fuel you yeah. to continue this work. And, um, you know, thank you for answering it the way you did because, in, you know, using the CPA thing and stuff, like, you're right. Like we can sit here and be maybe a little bit angry at why we have to spoon feed people information in life, whether it is the politics that they fully need to know or their health or anything else that might, you know, impact them day to day. But if that at least is gets done by the people who are willing to do the work, i.e. you, then the outcome for you is better than sitting there and being, you know, I'm not going to do that because you should figure it out and then watching them not get healthy. Right. I would assume. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's a, that's a great point. Um, appreciate you saying that because I me, I get a little cynical towards all that <laughs> stuff because you know, you bust your ass and the people who really want to have figured that out to some uh-huh. degree, but then that's no different than the help that I've looked for. You know, like I've realized that going to your class uh-huh. is what I've needed to get Yay. my ass kicked in order to get <laughs> feel strong that when I hop on the slopes this weekend, the legs are ready. 
Yeah. And you, you know, your, your famous line for me is like, your legs don't know what it's doing. So it doesn't matter if you're doing these like dumbbell squats. It doesn't know if it's on the mountain or if it's in the gym. Right. And I was like, great point. Let's keep going. <laughs> But the man can jump. But the man can jump. And, you know, just if, in case Kurt is ever listening, like, you know, I saw him take <laughs> off that 12-inch, you know, Did, platform. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you keep it on? And he's like, oh, no, no. I was like, so, you won't jump as high as me, Kurt. I'm just letting you know. Um, He'll be too busy in his hot tub. Do you have I to know, tell them he won a hot tub? <laughs> I know. Maybe he can listen to this while he's in the hot tub. There you go. <laughs> um. You know, I, I saw you have some notes. Is there anything that in there that you were kind of chomping at the bit to maybe? No, I, I went through my Joe Sweeney and oh, how wow. I think sequentially and how I came to the, if, if I find that I'm not resonating with someone, then I go back to the books. Hmm. And, but there's so much phenomenal information. And if you... Think about how people function and how their brain functions and, and what part of the brain is working toward what they want. I just want to be a conduit to get to what they want. I would love it if everyone ate perfect and rested and the world would be a better place, right? But how do you get them back to, I am important enough, and that's why I... I you hear me often say, I wish I had more psychology. But now it's not even more psychology. It's more brain and biochemistry and, and the foods that you put in your body and is your medicine. So that's what you guys hear all the time. It's just not glucose phosphorylation. It's you're eating too much sugar, so stop it. <laughs> but. Well, cheers to that and... Tammy, thank you so much for just You're giving welcome. me this time. I, it really is a pleasure. You've been a person since the thought of this podcast became serious that I wanted to, I, I mean, what I talked with you almost a year ago when I first mm-hmm. met you in that, in that ski fit and, uh, or snow shape. And, um, I told you I wanted to have you on. And it, the reason being is because you're someone who brought this energy, but also brought this, this personality that I thought fit with ultimately why it is that gets me up in the morning, gets me excited about life and has allowed me to see a perspective that I didn't used to see. And it's your stories that sometimes will live in this vault for me to go back, just like you go back to Mr. Sweeney's words in your books. This is the stuff, both audio and video that I want to come back to and be able to learn from. So thank you so much for being here. And um, anything else that, you you know, we need to leave with anybody or, you know, anything any place that we can find you or that you want to promote before you get out of here? I'll, oh. I've got thousands of followers right now, so <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just, you know, be careful. They might come swarming. <laughs> they can come swarming. They'll help us hit a million. Yeah. Um, so you can find me first. at yeah, the yeah. Ridge in um, the Ridge Athletic Club in Bozeman, Montana. And you can reach me. Should I give my number or nah, my email? No, nah, you don't have to do no, that. We can, can always find put information there. in there and stuff like Good. that. You you are walking around, you know, Running head around. on a swivel, <laughs> you know, smiling away. And uh, yeah, thank you again for being part of this. Oh, I really my appreciate pleasure. It. Thank you. All right, on. Thank you. All right. I'd like to thank my guest today for being on the show. I'd also like to thank all of you for your continued support as we move forward into this journey. 
and to remind everyone, including myself, that doing anything for the love of it will ultimately bring more worth than if otherwise. I'm thankful for these moments spent, and I hope you can find a moment to be thankful for the things you value in your life and pass that on. I'll see you on the other side.